This is Live Well Talk on New Clinician Spotlight. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Uh, a new uh, aspect to the podcast is uh, a new series. We'll, we'll sit down and talk to new clinicians with Union Point Health here in Cedar Rapids and allow listeners to get to know their clinician prior to seeing them. Our guest today is Jen Hutchinson, a new nurse practitioner that will be joining the Internal Medicine Clinic at Unity Point in Hiawatha. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having this, me. This is your first podcast ever? It, well, I listen to them constantly, Good. but yeah, I've never been on All one. All right. Well, welcome. Thank you. Start with where are you from? So I was born and raised in Des Moines, but I've been in the Cedar Rapids area since 2001. Okay. So um, did all of my education in the area from Kirkwood on up and then... Um, have worked pretty well in this area. I did relocate briefly to the northeast side of the world and or northeast side of Iowa and um, worked up there in a critical access hospital for a bit while I was finishing my graduate program. So um, kind of been mostly northeast corridor of the okay. of the state. And your, your graduate degree is in? So my doctorate is in adult geriatric medicine, Okay. Um, primary care from the University of Iowa. I got that in 2017. And then I'm currently getting my psych post-grad, so I'll be done with that in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. That's uh, Why it, do I do it to myself? It, well, <laughs> I, but, but, you know, I, I think that's a great combination of geriatrics and psychiatry because I've said this on other podcasts and, and to other people that when I started, uh, in, you know, 25 years ago, it was just convenient that the psych ward was connected to the hospital, sure. right? The yeah. people were relatively healthy. Right. They might be paranoid schizophrenics, but they didn't. Now it's diabetes, sleep apnea, heart disease, right. epilepsy. Yep. Um, they're really complicated patients. Right. And what we're finding or what I'm finding anyway is that, you know, your mood directly affects how well you manage your other absolutely. chronic yeah, diseases. Absolutely. So they're very absolutely. intertwined. Yeah, they, they really are. And I think it's a good compliment. But also, you, Dr. Troutman's internal medicine pediatrics, yep, that's a good yep, compliment. Yep. Uh, Dan's a sharp guy. You'll, yeah. you'll enjoy practicing with yep, him. Yeah, my office is right next door to his. Is so it? we okay. give each other crap all the time. All yep. right. And we just added family medicine out there, too. So we've got two providers that do family medicine, too. So my niche is kind of 13 on up. Then we've got the ones that do the whole lifespan. And then we've got Dr. Troutman, who does specializes in both. So it's kind of a neat little mix. And the things that I like to do, some of them don't like to do. So we play, we have a lot of collaborative practice out there, which is yeah, nice. You, there's some great, great clinicians out there. Yeah. Dr. Butler is yep. very solid. Yep. I mean, he's, he's been in practice a long time. Yeah. A little bit older than me. Don't, <laughs> don't repeat that. Maybe we need to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> so what, what made you choose? Did you, so you went nursing, then ARMP. Tell us about why, why'd you go into nursing? Oh man. The really short story is I tried to avoid nursing. Um, a lot of my extended families in healthcare. I really did not want to do healthcare. I wanted to buck the system. I had intended to do school counseling. That was my kind of, and the irony is I decided not to do that because I didn't want to go to school that long. Uh, and and then, so you've gone even longer well, now. Way yeah, longer. Yeah. That is irony. Um, but, but the pieces are still there. You know, the, I really love dealing with youth and any person in transition. So people who are kind of floundering about figuring out their place in the world, that's sort of what I really like. So that speaks to the school piece. And then, um, you know, counseling, of course, we do that with our patients on medications, education about lifestyle choices, all those things. So there's still a piece of that in there, but um, it did go more healthcare route, largely because I my children were delivered by midwives. And I loved the model that that presented into my life and thought initially I wanted to do that and then wanted a more broad scope. So um, went primary care. 
Yeah, anesthesiology and obstetrics, they're, they're two specialties with just like routine boredom or like total chaos emergency. Right. You know, there's like no in between. Right. It's right. like just another day at the office, yes. you know, save someone's life. Correct. One of the yep. two. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what you, you mentioned geriatrics mm-hmm. and that uh, people finding themselves, I think mm-hmm. was the, mm-hmm. the term you used, or transitioning. Um but what other clinical interests do you have? Well, I wrote my dissertation on um, sexual function and sexual dysfunction, so both psychosomatic and physical reasons. And what I found in my research is that we as clinicians are not good about asking about our patients if they're experiencing trouble in that arena. And um, w- by doing so, by asking, we're really treating at least two people, right? So if we treat one person's sexual function, their partner or partners benefit as well. So um, we found during my dissertation work, I found that it's more prevalent than all of the main chronic diseases we screen for. So 41% of the female population experiences some sort of sexual dysfunction in their lifetime. So I really developed a passion for that and, you know, have pretty candid conversations with my patients about what they're experiencing in and out of the bedroom. And, um, so that's a clinical interest I really have. I'd like to do more work with sex medicine as I finish my psych stuff and dealing with kind of the psychosomatic things that go on with it as well as the interpersonal things that go on with it. Right, right. So that's definitely an area I'm really interested in. And I'm really interested in marginalized populations. I've I've done a lot of volunteer work and career work in free medical clinics and um, people who are not native English speakers and people who are not cisgendered and people who are not um, Caucasian. And, you know, I think that in healthcare we're doing better now, but historically have not been good about representing some marginalized communities um, you know, we are naturally ableist. You know, we think about, is this easy for the general population? Well, what about our deaf people? What about our blind people? What about our people with um, disabilities? So I, I, I'm hoping to be a voice for those folks that just don't feel like they have somewhere to go that won't, someone will listen. I think, uh, I think you know, for cl- clinicians to think about social determinants or uh, as a student once said, social capital, which I think is a great term. Mm-hmm. I love that term, social capital. Um I, you you can ignore it as the physician, right? It's still there, right? You know, it's still going to yield uh, yield bad outcomes. Right. I always say, you know, this sounds shallow, but it's maybe it's meant to be. You know, if you live on Country Club Drive, you're probably not getting readmitted, right? And you're probably taking your medicines because you just have this social right. network. Uh, but I do find it interesting that uh, I think uh, lower socioeconomic people they have more friends. You know, mm-hmm. you see like I, I, you see more neighbors bringing them. You see That's more true. people. They have like a closer bond with their neighbors. than I think the other end of the spectrum so that mm-hmm. there's like a lot of things in life. There's good things right. and bad things. And yeah. and uh, it, 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 it's it, it's always it's the greatest compliment you can have as a clinician is uh, the uh, the gratitude of a patient that Definitely. you've made their life better. And it just takes one. Just takes one to make you feel like you're worth coming into work today, you know. <laughs> yes, um, I think patients sometimes un- underestimate what a thank you means. You know, I've had patients I've bumped into later, particularly when I was serving the underserved population, that are just like, "You changed my whole life," and it's one out of 500 people, but that one counts for way more than the five grumpy ones. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, we've mentioned one other time that. Somewhere out there, there's a stranger that you were kind to. You don't even remember the event, right? Mm-hmm. You just said thank you, mm-hmm. you know, at the right time. 
And they they still remember you for that. And you don't know that. You could have been on vacation, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But th- I think that's the neat thing about just making people feel good. Yeah, you I know? agree. Um, um, now, what led you to Union Point Health? Well, a few things. It was multifold. The podcast you've Absolutely. heard of this I podcast. heard Dr. Arnold ran a podcast, and I said, yeah, "I gotta go." No. We get that a lot. Um, actually, I worked at Unity Point Health as a nurse out at Jones Regional. Okay. Um, for five years, I helped get that surgery department up and running, and um, was was in that system for five years. Had a really positive experience. Um, the only reason I left is I took a salaried position so that I could finish my graduate program. Um. And it was the hardest goodbye I've had career wise. We all cried. It was like it was it was a big deal. And so that's all. If anybody asks me still to this day what my favorite job was, that's my answer. So um, I've been kind of in academia for the last three years and didn't have as much patient contact as I wanted. So that was a kind of natural transition to getting back into clinical practice. I wanted to be close to home. I live in Cedar Rapids. I was commuting a lot with um, my clinical sites through the university. And, um, you know, I just, so it was a twofold. I wanted to be at home and also I wanted to be patient contact, be the primary focus of the position. So it was a natural fit. Yeah, And with with the price of gas, you don't want to uh, be driving too much these days. That's getting crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if you could share one message to listeners and, Granted, these listeners are potential patients of yours, you know. Um, What would you share with them? Well, I think the thing that makes me a little, sets me apart a bit is I have a really diverse social circle. I have a really diverse family circle. My children are biracial. My brother is gay and married to a man. He's also an amputee. So I just feel one of my best friends is transitioning. So there's really not a topic that makes me uncomfortable. I'm pretty open I have moonlighted in in jails and prisons, so I'm even familiar with that population. So there's really not much that makes me nervous, uncomfortable, um, feel awkward. So you know, I would I would just encourage not just if they're my patients, but any patient that's seeing a clinician to feel open, and because most of us are pretty receptive, we may not bring it up ourselves adequately at times, but most of us are pretty receptive and want to hear what's going on in right, the patient's life. Right. So. I think that's the thing that I would take away. You know, I think the healthcare world is shifting to realize we are whole people and not just a heart, not just a set of lungs, not just feet and treating the whole person. Because as you mentioned, you know, what good does it do writing a prescription if they can't afford afford the medication? So we can only do so much with limited information. The more information we have, the better we can provide adequate care. So I think that would be the thing to develop relationships with our patients versus just, you know, factory work. Yeah. Uh, when I was a medical student, so the early 90s, it, you know, you said the gallbladder in room 450. You didn't yeah. say, well, it's somebody's mom that's in 450 right. that happens to have a bad gallbladder. You know, mm-hmm. And that's so that's changed mm-hmm. over the years. That's definitely changed for the better. And, um, and, and I like to think that we have a pretty good culture here. And it, mm-hmm. what, you know, what is culture? It's your behavior mm-hmm. and your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people believe in doing the right thing and, and putting the patient first. Mm-hmm. And I think they behave that way. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why it's – I yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be anyplace else. Yeah. So, Well, some fun questions at the end. What, what do you do in your free time? Um, Get out of Cedar Rapids <laughs> as often as possible. I love to travel. Traveling is sort of my – I get home from a trip and start thinking about my next one. So – 
Um, that's where we don't, we aren't big things people. We aren't fancy car people. We aren't fancy house people. We are let's take our next trip type people at my house. I have three almost grown children. So they're really fun to travel with because they're not as much work anymore. And so my boyfriend and the kids and I will just take off. We went to New Orleans over spring break road trip. Just let's go. Wow. And had had a blast. So that is, that's a commitment. It there. was awesome. We had so much fun and um, did have a couple spooky experiences for people into that. Um, and then I love to read. I Right now with being in school, I'm not getting a lot of downtime to leisure read, but I do love to leisure read. Um, I'm also, this is a little embarrassing, huge musical fan, <laughs> like huge music fan. If you are driving down First Avenue and hear somebody playing Rent at the top of their speaker, it's, it's you. probably me. So that's yeah. probably the one thing that people <laughs> don't know about you that yeah. we learn. That's, uh, yeah, I've been caught screaming out of my window to some sort of musical song. But yeah, those are probably the three things that kind of make me tick a little bit. Well, those are three high quality things. I you mean, know. that's, uh, you know, uh, one of uh, 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 my colleagues here, and I, I won't mention his name, <laughs> but uh, he he's planning a family trip, uh, kind of RV style with three little kids. And I said, look, you know, you're going to have car trouble. <laughs> they're going to puke. Uh, you might lose your wallet. But 20 years from now, it'll be the best trip you ever took. And it'll, be the, it'll be the one you talk about at Christmas. A hundred percent. We were supposed to go um, to Italy in 2020 when the world shut down. Yeah. And I had two weeks off of work. And it's like, well, what am I going to do with this time? So we rented a minivan and did Route 66. And we just we drove to Phoenix, San Diego with three teenagers. Um, just me at the time, me and my three teens. And yeah, we were gone for 11 days and traveled 10 states and my favorite trip so far. And I've been lucky to go on some pretty great trips, but it was one of those, you know, they're fighting in the car and listening to murder absolutely. podcasts. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, I, I can think of all the vacations we've taken and, you know, those memorable events are, you know, when uh, one of my daughters, we always say it's not a vacation until she pukes uh, from motion sickness, yes. you know, and, um, yeah, those th- yeah. Th- those are the things yeah. you think back upon. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Jen, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, I really appreciate for it. Me. Yeah. It was fun to get to know you, and I, I look forward to you being successful at UniPoint Health Cedar Rapids and then Turtle Medicine Clinic. Once again, this was Jen Hutchinson, a nurse practitioner at UniPoint Clinic and Turtle Medicine out in Hiawatha. To schedule an appointment with Jen, call UniPoint Clinic and Turtle Medicine Hiawatha at 319-362-0200. 362 or you can always visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well. <laughs>